Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This episode is proudly sponsored by the legends at Hunter Valley Promotions on the web at hunterpromo.com.au. They design, manufacture and ship every type of sport uniform you can think of and then some. Shirts, singlets, shorts for your on-field team or for your business. They pride themselves on the best quality, service and price Australia-wide. I'm not going to BS you. I'll tell you exactly how it is. They are the best. They offer speedy, free designs, no hidden extras and delivered right to your front door. Contact my man, Carpy, at hunterpromo.com.au. Tell him we sent you for an unfiltered deal. That's hunterpromo.com.au. The great ones, they're different. They really are. Not better, just different. Sure, there's a physical power, a mental strength, a complex but resolute constitution too. There's a whole lot more than just the measurables. That's something else, that intangible. It separates us from them. Welcome to the Legends series on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. This bloke, he's country tough, calloused hands, dirty boots and all. From union to league, halfback to hooker, he adapted but didn't change. He's a storyteller too. Lucky he's got such a great one to tell. But who is Jason Hetherington? Oh, fair question, Andy. I haven't figured him out yet after 52 years. Um, No, he's just a... He's just a... I hope to think that he's... Pretty humble and down to earth, and a bit of a larrikin, and but uh, can get fair income when he's got it. Um, but yeah, summed up pretty quickly, I think, in a roundabout way. If you dig in pretty deep, I might find things I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> it is fifty-two years, isn't it? Because there's rumours for the back end of your career that you changed your birth date so many times that even you got confused. Yeah, I. Uh, I think they used to judge you a fair bit on your age, the number on your driver's licence, but I think I stayed about 28 for about six years and all the boys are trainers, you're still 28. Geez, you've had a hard life. Um, but, yeah, I, I'd get surgery and get a get a, uh, a notice back from the doctor saying, oh, you've put down the wrong birth date on this, on this report here. So I'd even forgotten myself. Born in 1969 in Barella Bar, the most recent census boasts a population of 314. Tell us about Barella Bar. Yeah, it's a, again, humble little country town, um, about 20 k's west of Kokatunga, um, which no one knows of. That was on the footy show. <laughs> Stello asked me, where's Barella Bar? I said, 20 k's from Kokatunga. <laughs> But um, no, it's just a, a terrific little community. Been, I think it's been uh, what's the numbers there? Three fourteen. Yeah, three fourteen for hundred years. Because whenever a young girl gets pregnant, a young man leaves town. So it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it stays pretty pretty neutral. Um, but no, it grew up there. Um, Dad's still out there. Still got properties out there. So. Um, 
we have a big interest still out there. Um, take the kids out at any opportunity we can to to witness that milk doesn't come out of a glass bottle. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's again they love it, and you know it's something that's been in the family for a long, long time, and and hopefully will stay in the family to go down to the kids. Where did the love of footy start? From memory, both dad and granddad were footballers in country Queensland. Am I right there? Yeah, that's right. Um, dad played till oh, very close to his 50s. Wow. And uh, my old granddad, actually, his, my dad's dad, he he decided they had a married, married men versus single men game of footy and he was about 54 and decided to have a game and busted his shoulder really bad and wow. probably never recovered fully from it. Um but yeah, Dad just poked around locally. He was pretty handy in his in his day, but they too busy working and yeah. supporting the family. And the opportunities probably weren't there as as great. I know John Wittenberg. He's I think from memory he started at Theodore and played for Australia by the end of that year. So yeah. and then went off down to St George. So there's been you know in the the Calloid Valley and there's been some terrific players coming out of there. But the you know, just started. I was a ball boy and sand boy, and back in those days, the old sand. Me, my uncle was was a uh, was a good football player, and he actually Mel kept him out of first origin. So I'd, in, they had a country versus city um, at Lang Park. If you can remember, they wore the cowboy hats out onto the field with the these white jerseys, and he was marking Mel. Wow. And he, yeah, he was a goal kicker and. Anyway, I used to run the sand out and he'd give me a give me a tune up because I didn't have enough moisture in the sand to stand the ball up and the cracks in the field, the dry sand would fall down into the cracks and he'd lose it all. Um but yeah, he, he was a he was a good footballer in his own right too, so but yeah, just like all regional areas yeah. you grow up playing footy, you know, footy and cricket, that's all we did. Rugby union. Was that the first love or did you play rugby union simply because they played rugby union at boarding school. Yeah, I had to play union. Um, played, made the Queensland under-12 schoolboys side. Yeah. Mark Jeff Toovey, actually, was halfback for New South Wales and I was halfback for Queensland. And 20 years later, he was hooker for New South Wales. I was hooker for Queensland Origin. Wow. Yeah, so, but went off to boarding school and all I had was rugby union, so I, I had to play that. Uh, I tried to sneak downtown and have a game of league but got found out, scored a try, name got in the paper and got suspended. So that wasn't allowed. I had to wow. had to play union, yeah, and ended up doing quite well in the, the rugby union. Yeah. Uh, went off down to Brisbane to to pursue that career. I played with Michael Liner and those guys. Um, ended up playing for Australia at school. Yeah. So tried to kick that career on through actually I was playing up here and Greg Martin's, um, Marto's father-in-law, Dr Con Primer up here, he said, oh, we've got a pretty talented kid up here, give him a go down in Brizzy. So I I packed my bags up and went down there and played. Yeah, that was a, a good adventure. At the end of 92, you were scouted by the Gold Coast and as a possible understudy at 5-8th to Wally Lewis, if I'm right. Yeah, Wally was um, – I, I made the – the Queensland residents, so I'd, uh, I was playing for the Ipswich Jets and that that's probably another story. I was playing Union in Brisbane. This is how I got to switch over to the league, only yeah. by chance. I was playing Union in Brisbane, played on the Saturday. Um, do what you do because I was playing for Uni. Do what you do with the Uni students yeah. after a game and 
Woke up the next morning a bit dusty and um, my brother-in-law was playing for Laidley and he rang me up and said, we're short, do you want to have a run? So I jumped in old XF Ute and took off out to, out to Laidley and scored a couple of tries and played okay and um, I was playing under a false name. Really? Uh, yeah, and Johnny Edivine was on the board of the Jets and the boss of Laidley rang Jimmy Landy who I, I admired dearly, was, yeah. was the coach out at the Jets and... He rang Jimmy and said, listen, Laidley are cheating. They've got a kid here playing. I've never seen him before. He's playing under a different name and you've got to sign him. So I ended up signing with Ipswich after that game, yeah. And that's how it sort of, sort of how it spun around. There's probably ten people and a dog at that game. Wow. But the right person was there, yeah. So it turned, yeah. Did you enjoy the opportunity with the Gold Coast? Yeah, loved it. I, um, you know, you... You get signed into the – and it all happens so quickly. Um, you get signed into the – well, the New South Wales Rugby League back then yep. and um, and the Kings, your coach. What – how, you know, how – Amazing. Yeah, how yeah. good does it get yeah. when, when you're looking down the barrel of that. So yeah. um, I had a had a great year. We as a, as a club, we probably didn't have – oh, actually, I won't say that. Grant Bell won the reserve grade that year. Yes. So the club did go well. At first grade, we didn't do so well, but, you know, learned a hell of a lot and, and uh, had a wonderful year there and um, the opportunities came up to move, so I, I moved. What do you remember of your debut? It was round one versus Western Suburbs Magpies at Campbelltown Stadium. Yeah, I can remember it. it was, I think it was a night game, but... I think most what hits me is not it was the trial game against the Broncos, uh, sorry against Canterbury, and then there was fifty odd thousand out at it was out at um, Mount Gravatt we were playing out there, yep. and that was just for a trial game. Um, actually, it might have been Canterbury too. There was a big one there, and I was marking Terry Lamb actually. Wow. Yeah. So that that's probably my fondest memory. Hey legends, I hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Would you like to be part of the team? Our sponsorship packages are ready to go from scripted ads to website placement and social media promotions, personal appearances, voice recordings and more. The opportunities are limited only by your imagination. You set the terms. Unfiltered is reaching hundreds of thousands of potential clients every single week. And we can cater to businesses both big and small. We'll work with you to guarantee you get exactly what you want, how you want, and when you want. Packages start from as little as $150. If you're interested in joining our team, go to our website and hit the sponsorship tab at andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Getting on a bit now, they're probably getting a bit bit fuzzy those <laughs> memories but um yeah just just the opportunity to you know in the blink of an eye I was you know playing in the bush and then yeah all of a sudden bang you're in that environment with the players that you're in and you know the opportunities arose and I, I grabbed hold of them and but yeah had a good year it was you know hard to leave the coast they gave yeah. me my first opportunity and I just thought you know, better for me to yep. to do the sign with Canterbury when the offer when the opportunity came. As you said, the record books don't look great. 
for the Seagulls at that time. But checking the playing roster with a little more patience and nous, the side could have been anything. There was a heap of young talent on the Gold Coast in that space of a couple of years that all left. Yeah, it was hard. The um, I know when Bally, he was coaching the Reggies, and when he that was just before the Cowboys come in, yep. and he took Vowsy and Bud Whittington, a lot of guys up mm. up to out of that reserve grade side up to um, up to the Cowboys with him. But yeah, you know the Gold Coast got plenty of talent. Good, you know, with the schooling system they've yeah. got there. That's that's why a lot of the clubs tap into them. You yep. know, they produce some a lot, hell of a lot of players. Um, but yeah, I, I you know, business wise, not sure. I'd, I wasn't even worried about that side of it. Nah. All I wanted to do was play footy, and um, yeah, it was it was a good stepping stone. But I was in a bit of a spot. I didn't know there was a few opportunities, and okay. you know, I was just playing for the fun of it, loving playing. And I actually went and saw the king and said, "Wally, um, I don't know what to do. Can you help me out here a bit?" Anyway, I went and saw him and he said, oh, you know, he won't be coaching Gold Coast next year. Yep. So, um, you know, if you're going to stay for the sake of Wally's still a coach, he said he won't be there. But he went through the all the clubs that I spoke to and went through the dynamics of them all and he certainly recommended Canterbury would suit the way that I played. So I took Wally's word. From a new club like the Seagulls, and it was a club that had issues to a powerhouse as they were at the time, like the Bulldogs. How big was that change? Yeah, it was a, it was, um, it was a big change. There was a lot of, lot of things that I saw when I went to the Bulldogs. I went from we were wooden spooners, yeah, to playing as a minor premier. Yep. Um, Ninety four, we were minor premiers. So I've gone from the 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 outhouse up into the penthouse, really. Um, so that that certainly was a big change. It was still semi-professional. We all still had to work and yep. do all that and, you know, try and explain to my boys, you know, well, I think we were playing St George at 3 o'clock, but we had to – I was a brickies labourer, so I had to go and place out nine tonne of bricks before I had to go and play. So Wow. Yeah, go and do that and then go and play. So, you know um, – but the, uh, I think, you know, probably the probably more I got a real grasp on the professionalism, the yep. difference of it. Um, even though it was still semi-professional, there was a lot of lot of change in the way things were done. And one one probably, you know, Billy Billy and I are still good mates now, and he was at the Seagulls with me. Billy Johnson, yeah, yeah. and that's where we struck up our friendship yep. and. He gave me a serve for leaving the Gold Coast going to Canterbury. Hey, or you know, got to show some loyalty. They were loyal to you. They gave you the opportunity. Yeah. And I said, oh, I just think it, you know, probably better for me, Billy. You know? Anyway, I'm in Bullfrog's office, and a week later, Billy walks in. <laughs> he come around. If I stopped too quick, he would have run into me. He was right behind me. Yeah. So we we kept that relationship going, but obviously the hard work that Billy sort of put in place is. Yeah. You, know. you mentioned change a couple of times away from footy. For a country boy to go from Baralabar via the Gold Coast to Sydney, I would imagine that in itself is a pretty big adjustment. Yeah, yeah, it was a big culture shock for me. I, and not, not forgetting, I didn't, you know, 
I'd left school really at 12, 13, uh, left home at virtually 12 or 13 off to boarding school. Yep. So, you know, that side of it wasn't an issue. Um, but what was an issue was was the, the difference in, you know, a hell of the even the size of the towns and the, yeah. and even locking your car and all that. I just didn't – anyway, I had our VN wagon down there and someone broke into my car and they didn't like me music. They took everything else and left Waylon Jennings and Johnny Cash on the footpath. <laughs> <laughs> At least they didn't knock me CDs off. <laughs> but, yeah, just, just coming to grips with, with, you know, having to lock your car and your house yeah. and do it. Doing all that sort of thing, I was pretty blasé about all that. But got robbed twice in the first six months I was there, Jeez. so I certainly learnt that. From memory, you came down as a potential replacement for Terry Lamb at five eight, but Chris Anderson pulled you aside and said he thought you're a hooker. Do you recall the conversation? Because it's it's not a normal one telling a, a six they're going to be a nine. Yeah, I can. I, that's one thing I can remember really well. Um, and there's a few little things over the years of being there that really stuck into my mind. And um, you know, Ope's come up on a recommendation of, of Billy and Marty Ballot. Um, Wow. What had happened, Geordie Peets was there and he got injured very early, I think, in one of the trials or round one. And um, they used Benny Gillies and yeah. Ben was a great player, great he, work, great, a hooker, but he yeah. wasn't a hooker. So yeah. they were stretched for hookers. And I was a rugby union halfback, so I could pass a ball off the ground quite well. Yeah. And my defence was always pretty solid. So um, Billy and Marty said to Chris Anders, or Marty's words were, hey, Apes, that little prick from up in the country, give him a go. He's tough and he can tackle. (laughs) This episode is proudly sponsored by the legends at Hunter Valley Promotions on the web at hunterpromo.com.au. They design, manufacture and ship every type of sport uniform you can think of and then some. Shirts, singlets, shorts for your on-field team or for your business. They pride themselves on the best quality, service and price Australia-wide. I'm not going to BS you. I'll tell you exactly how it is. They are the best. They offer speedy, free designs, no hidden extras and delivered right to your front door. Contact my man, Carpy, at hunterpromo.com.au. Tell him we sent you for an unfiltered deal. That's hunterpromo.com.au. So that, that's it. That's the tack that Marty took to it. Good but anyway, Apes come over and said, listen, do you want to play hooker? Have a go at hooker. I said, well, if it means playing first grade, I said, I'll play front row. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I said, but most certainly I'll, I'll play. So he gave me a go in reserve grade against Illawarra and um, got me in a match actually in the first game. And I was, yeah, I was certainly... Didn't know how to play it. I was, thought I had to be at dummy half every play the ball. Yeah. So I'd co- you know, covered more country than drove his dog. Anyway, I played a couple of games in the Reggies and um, got me opportunity to jump up into first grade and I never played another reserve grade wow. game. So, 
you know, that opportunity again, I would have been still behind Bar, and Bar kept playing and playing and playing. So, but again, in those days, you'd play reserve grade, and if you had a good game or rewarded, they threw your jersey and you sat on the bench. Sat so, on the bench, yeah. And you'd be sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. Oh, beauty got me jersey, yep. so you got to sit there and wait. So even that was a thrill. Look at the Bulldogs club at the time. Good men, tough men. Uh, guys like Jared McCracken, Terry Lamb, Darren Britt, Marty Bella, Dean Pay, uh, Jimmy Dimmick, a guy like Mark Brockenshire, who probably isn't as well known. Good mentors for a young man as well as a young footballer. Yeah, great fella, Brocky. Um, oh, extremely tough. Oh, yeah. Uh, and very reliable. Yep. Again, very humble, down to earth, did his job. Mm. Uh, did it to the best of his ability. I think from memory he was reasonably uh, a reasonable age when he came into grade, yeah. Brocky. So he was a late starter, a wasn't late he? starter, yeah. and uh, just unreal to play with. Um, always reliable, dummy. Half you're looking for someone to do that up, Brocky's here, my ball. So he was always on. Yeah, he was always there. All yeah. Reliable, tough, all. And yeah, I learned a lot from him. And Marty in the hook in the hooking role because I'd never played there before. I had no idea what to do. And the quick little story: I was packing a scrum, and Marty said, "Get your right arm off me," because they had both arms over the front row's yep. necks. I said, "Oh, what for?" He said, "I'll show you." So he's packed a scrum, and he started kicking the front rower and headbutting him and punching him, and scrums broke up in the front row. I just, I think it was the late big Stevie Waddell actually let one fly. There and we I, go. I've just ducked my head down and he's hit me bullseye right on the hard part of my head. Anyway, Marty's looked at me and said, that's why. That was his thing. I had nothing to protect myself with. Scrums in 1994 and scrums in 2022 look nothing alike. No, no, there's still, um, yeah, I guess there's time to have a bit of a rest nowadays. But, you know, they're packing halfbacks in the front row and all that now. Gee whiz, not... Not now, Dave. You would have had a field day with that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah I would have, you know, let wow. them know that they probably should stay at halfback. That's right. <laughs> An amazing year, 1994, a grand final, a try in a grand final. Is that dream come true type of stuff there? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Again, Andy, it happened so quick, you know. Um, had to pinch myself, I guess. The, I the grand final experience is incredible. Um you know, Bankstown and all the support, just just the carnival atmosphere leading up to about yeah. Wednesday. I think they they put a bit of a bit of a stop on the media to let us sort of get our heads around it all yeah. and try and concentrate on. Yeah, footy. it was hard to because all the council trucks had stickers all over them, and people would do their houses up, and the pub had blue beer and streamers down Burwood Road, and everyone just yeah, it was a. It's a wonderful experience and, you know, in the wash-up of my career, it's probably the first thing that I think of was winning the grand final. It's probably the, you know, they're they're all your your mates for the last 10 years that you're working hard for and Mm. for the club and for all the supporters and, yeah, but going from, like I said, the, the wooden spoon into a, into a grand final yeah. that we were minor premiers and odds on to win, but we, we didn't get that one. But a wonderful experience all the same. An amazing footy side, the Bulldogs, but wow, that, that Raiders side of 94, one of the all-time greats. 
fast forward 12 months, that dream would come true. Yeah, yeah, it certainly um, was. I guess, you know, people, you hear people talking about the bride, bridesmaid before you, mm. the bride, and, and I've been in that situation, so I understand it, and I think it's more hell a lot of subconscious stuff. Yep. You know, you, there's no way you want to be sitting on the ground with your head between your knees licking your wounds, yeah. which we felt that feeling, I guess, in 94. Um, and the Manly were unbackable favourites, yes. you know, in that game. And I just, yeah, I, I just think it was, um, we could feel it, you feel it coming from game one against St George that we probably shouldn't have won. Or, or we very no, I wouldn't say we shouldn't have won. We're very lucky to win it. To just building the momentum through that yeah. period to feeling unbeatable come come grand final day. But yeah, the the experience of that's incredible. By this time, Super League had arrived and exploded. What do you remember of the explosion? Because it was a crazy time in rugby league. Yeah, it was. It was certainly um, it was an unusual period. That something that none of us were used to or didn't, you know, didn't know what was going on. No one knew what was going on in that. Mm. But yeah, we were all sitting down at training and we're just, we're warm, just cooling down after training, just sitting in a big circle doing our stretches. I was sitting beside Britty and him and I are still good mates, Britty, good fella, Britty. Anyway, these three blokes come walking across the field like men in black, black suits, black glasses. Black briefcase. We hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. The Legend series drops at the start of your working week. It's in-depth, personal and highlights some of the game's finest from yesteryear. The weekly wodge drops in time for your weekend. It's full on and the hottest podcast on the market. Why listen to opinions when you can listen to interviews with the stars? And on every episode, you can hear up to a dozen different players and coaches, both past and present, giving their thoughts on the great game. It's fast-paced, full of footy and laughs. It's a must-listen. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening. That way, you won't miss a thing. Every episode will drop immediately. Before you go, we'd love a five-star rating and review. It's not for ego, it's for business, as we look to expand the unfiltered brand and bring you more. Make sure you come back soon. Legends.